Amen, amen. Isn't God good? All the time. No matter what we're going through, God is still good. He doesn't change. Amen. As we are standing, we can go to the word of the Lord today, the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew 16, and we'll read uh, two verses. Start reading in verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Amen. I want to, I want to have eternal life. And if that means I got to give everything up in this life to get it, that's, that's what Jesus is calling every one of us to do. Amen. No sense in trying to fight and to save our life in our own ways. Uh, because Jesus said eventually we will lose it. But, but I'm thankful for what salvation he has provided. Amen. Through his death, burial, and resurrection that we can experience this new life. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, The Cross Road. The Cross Road. Amen. You may be seated today. Amen. Many, many years ago, there was a, a television show um, that I confess I have not watched, I have not seen. I only know about it through uh, Google, and I know about it through uh, a ride at uh, Disney World, uh, the, the Tower of Terror, uh, where they, they play the, the introduction part about it, um, uh, and uh, Rod Sterling appears on the screen, and he uh, tells you that uh, you're entering into the Twilight Zone. Anyone know? Uh, maybe you've seen the Twilight Zone. Um, that's, that's about as far as I know about this uh, series. Um, and, but surprisingly, I, I, I mean, I know it was a few years ago because it's in black and white is what I, what I can see. But, uh, and so ha having looking into this, uh, realized that they've done, uh, they just finished their fourth series of this uh, in 2020. And so it's, it's not, Twilight Zone is not dead, it's still alive. Uh, so uh, maybe that in itself is a Twilight Zone. But uh, yeah, the, you, you look at the, the date, it first started I think in 59. And there's the, the hyphen, and then there's no ending date. And so it's apparently still active. And as I said, the fourth series was in 2019 and 2020. Uh, maybe it was a, 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 a special on COVID or something, because that would fit it, right? Uh, but uh, uh, during this, uh, the Twilight Zone, their characters would find themselves uh, with an uh, unusual uh, activities or events and things that were happening uh, that they didn't really have an answer for. You couldn't really ex explain it. Uh, and so they just said it, you're entering into the twilight zone where uh, it's just a bunch of crazy stuff happening. And, uh, and so while, you know, people may go down that rabbit hole and, 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 and make a whole life and following out of, out of those uh, paranormal activities and, 
It's not that uh, we don't deny those things because there is a spirit world out there, right? There is uh, the good side and there is a bad side. Uh, and they have power in this world. The, the prince of the power over the air uh, has uh, demons and uh, uh, fallen angels that are on his side. And uh, there, there can be some paranormal activity uh, in people's lives. And I don't know about you or how... Uh, how you ended up in an apostolic church, but uh, for me personally, growing up in it, that's that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, you, you get to experience the good side of everything, but uh, I wasn't, uh, I didn't always stay in the church, but I, I, I felt like I had to uh, f- find out for myself. And uh, what got me back in the church was a Twilight Zone experience, you know. Just this supernatural encounters and things that you just you realize that hey there's a there's a devil out there who's after your soul and if you don't get yourself into the church and get yourself right it's not going to end up well for you and so uh, you may have different stories of how you came to the church but we know that once now that we're in here now that we've been saved by the blood of the Lamb uh, and we've been born again of the water and of the Spirit we are our eyes are open to that there is a world out there that are the uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and, and spirits and, and, and demons. And, and we, there is a world out there uh, that is, can be uh, uh, labeled as a twilight zone, and even though we can explain it. The Bible explains it. It's not mysterious or anything like that. It's, it's clearly spelled out in the word of God what it all uh, what all happens and they do but it doesn't matter what happens in the twilight zone we have power over anything because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and so even if we can't explain it that doesn't mean we have to fear it because God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power of love and of a sound mind and so we have the authority over the enemy we have the authority over the over the darkness and the in the the demons and the devils and so that is uh, the benefit that we have as born again children of God filled with the Holy Ghost given the power to be a witness and the authority to uh, cast out devils and so uh, many people may talk about the Twilight Zone experience and uh, you know with the the help of Hollywood people can really let their imaginations run wild and uh, and again we don't completely dismiss it all because we know that there is a spirit realm out there. You just have to understand the truth about it and not get caught up in all these other crazy stuff. But the Bible does declare what it is and, and about it. And so uh, there are things out there uh, that uh, may get people to church. Whatever, However God gets them to church, there may be many ways. But the spirit is going to draw somebody uh, maybe they went through a bad experience and they said, man, it woke them up and said, I got to find a church. And, uh, or maybe they were born into it. Whatever the situation is, God wants everybody to be saved and he wants them all to come to an altar of repentance and to be baptized in his name and fill the Holy Ghost. Uh, that's God's will. And so uh, there may be times and things where we don't really know what's going on, but we know that God is under, uh, has everything in control. And so a lot of times there is a, a, a crossroad that happens where uh, a, a road intersects another road. 
Uh, it's a place where two or more roads meet, a, a crucial point where you have to decide which, which direction you're going and which road you're going to take. And many times it's a, a main road that intersects with another road. And we get to this crossroads in life, and we're going down the main road uh, of our life, uh, our, our will, our desire, everything that we want, and uh, our pursuits, and our dreams, and our ambitions. We're, we're going full steam down that road, and then uh, something happens. Uh, we end up in a crossroad, and what that, what we don't maybe understand what is happening then and there, but later on we realize that's a crossroad where God steps in, and we find ourselves having to make a decision. Which road are we going to go down? Are we going to continue going down our path or are we going to make a turn to say, I got to go down the right road. I got to go find uh, the following after the spirit where he wants me to go. Uh, and many times uh, that crossroad experience ends up leading us uh, to a church. Uh, because God knows what he's doing. Aren't you thankful that God reached out to you? He, he, he extended his hand of mercy towards you. And, and however your crossroad was, it could have been good, bad, or ugly. It doesn't matter. What's important is you found yourself here. You made the decision to come. I got to get to a church. I got to get to the apostolic church that preaches the truth because nothing else is going to matter. I need the truth uh, to follow after it because the truth is going to set me free from all all my, my mistakes and my chains and bondage and baggage and addiction, and only Jesus can do that. And so uh, oftentimes the crossroads is where the beginning of our walk is with him. And I'm thankful for that crossroad where my will and my way gets crossed with God's will and God's way. And we know that there is... Uh, Proverbs says, uh, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And uh, had we not known that, we would have kept going down that path. Thankfully, uh, we have the Word of God, and we had that crossroad experience where we came to that decision where, where God somehow pricked our hearts and, and, and drew us to, to, to make that decision to follow after Him. Otherwise, we would not know our our, our way was leading to death until the end, and that way it's too late. Um, and we know that Jesus tells us that there is another way. Uh, Matthew 7 says, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few be there that find it. And so uh, I'm thankful uh, for that juncture that happened with me on my main highway and God's little road that crossed by with a stop sign there. And I decided, and you decided to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to get off this path and I'm going to follow what God is trying to do uh, in my life. And we know that that is the best decision we've made, right? that we finally came to the church, that we finally surrendered. And uh, I'm sure you're like me. I wish I would have came to that crossroads earlier in life, uh, many, many years before it actually happened. But uh, God's gracious and merciful, and he has his way uh, through it all. And so at this juncture that we first, this crossroads we first come into, uh, our hearts are pricked and, and uh our, our, our spirit is stirred, and we ponder, and we ask, uh, which way should I go? Should I continue going uh, down the way that I've been going? And if we're honest with ourselves, it probably hasn't been a great ride uh, down our path and our will and our way. 
Um, but it takes that act of faith to, to change gears and, and turn a direction and say, let me go down this path because I've already known what my path is like. Uh, and Jesus uh, says in, in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come unto the Father but by me. Uh, and so he draws everybody uh, to him, and it's up to us to respond at that crossroads and to go to make the turn that he wants us to make. Uh, and so we, we make that turn in faith, not knowing what's, what's going on, but I guess maybe depending on your details, uh, anyway, any road, any direction is better than where you were at. Uh, and so if you hit the bottom, then anywhere else is good. Uh, except where you're at at the bottom. And so uh, we make that turn, and our hearts are, are pricked, and, and we, we're drawn towards what God is calling us to. And we know that that is the, uh, the plan of salvation that God wants us to fulfill and be obedient to the Scripture because he's not going to lead us to the church and, uh, and, hide, and hide salvation and hide the truth and hide everything uh, that's inside. No, he wants everybody to do that. Uh, and so we see uh, other people coming to this crossroad. Uh, we see this in, in the book of Acts, the second chapter, where uh, Peter stands up and he's preaching, uh, de describing everything that is happening and informing them because they, they just hear uh, uh, lots of people in this upper room uh, making a lot of noise, uh, thinking that it, they thinking they're drunk uh, early in the morning, and, and Peter stands up and starts explaining and preaching to them what what it, what this is all about, and and he gets to verse thirty seven and says, "Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart." So there's the crossroad right there, with with your will and your way, what you think is happening in your life, and then all of a sudden there's there's that crossroad that happens that that stop sign that stops everything, and you begin to take a second thought uh, of uh, of should I continue this way or or what what is this? Why am I stopped here? And then uh, Peter and the rest of the apostles and they said, "What do we do?" We're at this crossroads, at this juncture. We don't know uh, what is, we thought one thing was happening, but now we're pricked in our heart by what you're telling about, uh, you're, you're preaching to us about, and so what do we do? And then Peter tells them exactly the path that they need to go down. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so that uh, promises to you and your children, all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That is the path that God wants every single one of us to take. Uh, and so we all have to get to that crossroads. And I'm sure uh, most of us, if not all of us, have already came to those crossroads. Otherwise, we would not be here today. But if you have not uh, obeyed what the apostles said, if you have not repented of your sins, you can do that today because that is a crossroad you need to pass through. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, that's something else. That's a path you need to take as well as a believer. And you need to receive the Holy Ghost evidence and speaking of the tongues and that. Uh, that aligns with what Jesus said in John 3. You need to be born of the water and of the Spirit. And so uh, if Peter had the keys to the kingdom uh, to unlock the kingdom of heaven, he gets up and this is what he says you need to do. Uh, none of us have those keys. So we have to respond in faith and saying that's what I need to do. Uh, 
Uh, and so uh, I encourage you to do that today if you have not uh, done any of those things. And so, uh, and so that's obviously there's a crossroads of, uh, of really where God gets us off of that uh, sinful track that we are on, that path to hell that we are driving on, and uh, we hit that crossroads, and now we're on the right path. Now we're on the straight and narrow. Uh, we're living by the word of God. We're being obedient, and, and we're trying to do our best to live right uh, um, and, and resist sin and the things of this world. And so uh, our lives are definitely are changed for the better, and we're grateful for that. Um, and, and so uh, the truth is, is that while we've already passed that intersection of salvation and obedience to the gospel and, and, and all of that, uh, there are still many more uh, intersections that happen in our life once we're on the right path. It's not like there's, it's just a, a straight all the, way to, all the way to heaven with no stops, no, no hiccups, no traffic jams or none of that. Just because we get on the straight and narrow doesn't mean it's going to be easy peasy the rest of our days. We wish it was, uh, but we know that uh, the reality is that's not the way it is. And so now we are, we've passed through the crossroads, passed through the intersection, and now we are on the crossroad, the road that is described by the adjective of cross, not, not the intersection, but the cross road, the road where we are carrying the cross that Jesus told us to carry in Matthew 16 and 14. He says, if any man will come after me and let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And so you're only going to be carrying the cross if you're on the straight and narrow because the wide is the gate, and many people, uh, they're not really uh, carrying the cross that they think they're carrying because not many people are on that. And so uh, once that uh, intersection takes place of salvation, you're born again and born into the kingdom of God, now you're on the cross road where there's nothing but crosses. And that is the road that we follow him on. And that's where God's will intersects with our world, and that's where his will uh, cuts right into our reality. Even though we are born again and we are doing our best to live for him, uh, we still have these moments in our life, in our walk with God, where we're just walking through and everything is fine, and then all of a sudden this boom, this cross beam comes right through our life. Uh, and, and we're just, we, we stop, and we're like, what in the world's going on? Maybe it's just me. Does anyone else have that where you're just like, man, Lord, what's going on? What's going on, Lord? And, and, and you, you begin to think like, you know, I'm living right, I'm doing right, and, and, and I'm f being obedient to the word of God. I mean, it's not like uh, that major intersection, uh, crossroad where I first came to the Lord, but uh, we, we begin to think that because we're on this road now, that we shouldn't have to deal with these issues or that there's no more uh, cross beams or crosses that should appear. But actually, uh, that is far from the truth because once we start following him, that's where we start walking on the cross road where there are many crosses to bear. And that is where we really begin to grow as a disciple and a follower of him. 
And it's, it's really where we really learn a lot is because we are, uh, again, we are doing right. And we're going to church and we're praying and we're fasting and we're, we're reading the word of God. We're doing what we should be doing, but then all of a sudden, boom, there's this, this, this cross beam that comes and then it makes a cross because we're going down his will and then all of a sudden, boom, something happens, stops us in our tracks and that, that makes a cross. And we're stunned, and we're like, man, what is, what is this? And so uh, a cross will always get everybody's attention. A cross will always stop you in your tracks because you can't really go further than the cross. Uh, and so it really begins to make you think about uh, where you've been, what you're doing, what's going on in your life. Have I done anything wrong? Why is this all of a sudden happening to me? And uh, there's so many questions that happen when a cross shows up. Uh, and so uh, you know that you are in the, uh, this place uh, on the, the crossroad when you have a question that uh, you want to ask God. And, you know, whether you ask God right away or you just begin, you're just pondering it for a while in your mind and your heart, and you, uh, it usually starts with why. Why? Why, Lord? Uh, why is this happening to me? It shouldn't be happening to me. I'm on the straight and narrow, right? Why, why is this happening? I, I'm, I'm being faithful to you. Uh, this shouldn't happen. I'm on the crossroad. Why is this happening to me? Uh, and so uh, with a, every cross that appears, there's always a question that goes up. Last week, we, we kind of talked about Abraham and, and, and his walk of faith and uh, the missing puzzle pieces and all this stuff. But we know that Abram had some questions. Uh, why doesn't God show me where I'm going? I, I'm leaving this, leaving everything behind. And why, why don't I have uh, any, any children right now or, or ha- haven't had any kids? And so uh, the, the cross that uh, Abraham had to bear uh, he had questions in his own heart about that as well. The, the, the journey that God asked him to take on, to take a step of faith, and uh, we know that he had questions when his crosses uh, appeared. And so uh, every time a cross shows up, there's a question that it gets uttered. And we all have our own question. It's all dependent on your circumstance, what's going on in your life, and how, how, it, how it's intersected your life and brings everything to a halt and, and brings your attention to whatever's going on. And, uh, and so uh, we have that question that we ask. And we know another man that uh, wrestled with God. His name was Jacob, uh, the Jacob the deceiver, the heel grabber. And he met God one night uh, and he wrestled with uh, uh, him until the break of the day. And he would not let him go. Uh, and so the angel touched his, uh, his thigh and Jacob was never the same after that. And so you got to ask uh, the, the, that, that intersection, that crossroad that happened right there with Jacob. And uh, you know Jacob is now asking, why does it hurt so much to walk now? Every single day now, he has to walk with a limp. Why, God? I, I finally was honest with you. I finally decided to make 
to, to not hide anything, to not deceive, and to be, uh, to be upfront and honest and to be open with you. And, and you strike my, my thigh, and now I, now I walk with a limp the rest of my life. Every single step I take, um, uh, he's asking the question, why does it hurt so much? Why? Why, why me? Why do I have to do this? Why, why did you touch my thigh, and, and why do I have to live like this now? question always goes up why another man who was uh, uh, the poster child of uh, of living and being faithful to the word of God and, and having an upstanding character was the, was Joseph who uh, you know the story that he all went he went through and betrayed by his brothers and sold to slavery and then betrayed again by Potiphar uh, Potiphar's wife and him and thrown in the prison and uh, left there for to rot for a few years and then again betrayed by uh, by by the the baker and the chef and uh, still you know uh, what Joseph's question was is why have I been here so long why Lord why am I still in this dungeon why am I still here after I, I haven't done anything wrong my whole life it seems and and still uh, following after you following your will and I'm getting intersected in in my walk in my life and these things happen and every time I'm asking why why is this happening and Really, the, the greatest uh, guy that uh, we can always point to is, is the man named Job. Uh, if anyone can ask why, it's Job's asking why. I mean, the Bible goes uh, in detail to describe how righteous he was and how he, he did not err and he prayed and sacrificed for his kids and all of these things. And uh, he literally was doing uh, everything right according to uh, what God had uh, given him and, and following uh, what uh, the word uh, was given to him. And so we see his life just hit an intersection. And then one after that and another one after that. I mean, his life, uh, God's will intersected his life so many times. And it really obviously happened all in one day, but he can't imagine uh, going through uh, multiple uh, intersections like that, uh, dealing with lose, literally losing everything in a single day. And when his friends heard about it, they came to to see this this train wreck, because everyone know Job Job was uh, a righteous, upstanding man. I mean, he was uh, well known uh, known in his community, obviously, and, and so for this to happen to Job. It got word got out, and so uh, Job was so bad off that his friends came and they just sat and stared at him for a week. Uh, you know, after a few days, if you're not going to say anything, just you know, just leave me be. You know, but uh, they sat there for a week before they said anything. Uh, and so, through the story of Job, we get to see his friends are 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 really trying to convince Job that he did something wrong. They're just saying, hurry up and confess, man. Hurry up and repent and get this all be done with because God's not going to do this to somebody who's on the straight and narrow. 
God's not going to allow this to happen to somebody who's being faithful to him and following him. God's not going to strike somebody with boils and uh, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. God's not going to allow his family and fortune to get wiped out, somebody who's living right. And so you must have done something wrong, Job, so go ahead and hurry up and confess and get it all over with uh, so that you can, uh, you can get on with your life and uh, and Job kept responding and defending himself. He said, I haven't done anything. You know, he's, I'm not going to curse God. I may curse the day that I was born, but I'm not going to curse God and, and all these things. And, and, and I think Job's biggest question when his crosses showed up, obviously, why is this happening? But even more so, one of the questions that Job, I'm sure, had is, where is God in all of this. Talk about a question. Where is God in all of this? I've been so I've been faithful to him, giving him tithes, offering, giving him everything, live my living right, doing right, sacrificing all these things, and uh, his life comes to a halt. Where is God in all this? He even says, I, I've searched for God. I've looked for him on the right hand where he doth normally work and on the, the left side and the front and the back. And, and God is nowhere to be found. Where, where is God in all of this? That was Job's real question. But he says, but he knows the way that I take. And when I come forth, I'll come forth as gold. And so even though we may, we may have questions, we all have questions that, that arise in our heart, in our life. Whether we ask God or not, that's, that's neither here nor there. But we always have a question that happens when a cross shows up in our life. Many times it's why. Job had why, but he also, where is God in all of this? But uh, we know that through the testimony of Job, uh, that even though he didn't feel God, he didn't know where God was, he couldn't see where he was working, he still responded in faith. He said, I still know. He knows where I'm at. Even though I don't know where God's at, he knows where I'm at. And so I'm here to tell you, if you're going through something right now and you don't feel like you know what's going on, God knows the way that you are taking. You just need to be faithful to him, keep on being uh, responding to him, and, and God God's going to reveal things in due time, even though we have our questions. We have our questions. And it's not, it's not bad to ask questions or to wonder because we're just, that's the way we are. We have, we have a question. We may have a lot of questions. Whether we're going to get answers or not, that's a different question. But our soul has a question, you know. Our soul cries out and uh, somebody else who had questions when, when trials showed up and the crosses showed up and stopped them in his track was David, who David was anointed to be the king of Israel. Uh, and so that didn't happen for some 20 years or so. Uh, and so he's walking around. Things were going good and uh, killing Goliath and uh, promoted him and things were uh, to the palace life. And he was living right and doing right and uh, singing and playing for the king and all of these things. But all of a sudden, uh, a cross happened. Something happened. And now, now the king Saul is chasing after David. He's not just chasing after him, but he's trying to kill him. And you can imagine David saying, why do I have to go through these things? Why, what did I do to deserve this? What did I do to deserve to be, to be chased and to try to be killed by the king when I know that I'm anointed by God to be the next king? 
Why am I going through this, Lord? I'm, I'm living right. I'm doing right. And, and, but his soul and his spirit has a question. Why do I have trials that I don't deserve? And again, whether God answers that question or not, we still have that question. And that question is still going to go up. And, and so, uh, but we have to trust that God knows what he is doing that he knows the way that we take, and he knows every trial, every situation, every hurt, every pain, every, every step that we take that is painful. God knows about that. He hears our groanings. And he hears our cries. Uh, and so he's going to do something about it at some point. But, but we still have questions in all this time, we're, and we're just kind of raising those questions and kind of wait, hoping for an answer, an immediate answer to help settle the things in our heart. Why is this going on? But we're on the road to follow Jesus, and that road is filled with crosses. We have to understand that. The sooner we understand that, that uh, it is not a, a smooth road, but it is a road that is plagued with crosses. And every cross that happens in our life, there's a question. And one of the, uh, one of the greatest men in the Bible that Jesus uh, tells us who is the, the greatest is uh, John the Baptist. John the Baptist. He said, uh, Jesus said that uh, there is not a, uh, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. I mean, talk about the man who gets to introduce Jesus, not just to introduce him, but to get to baptize our Savior uh, you know, what, what a privilege that was. Uh, and so uh, things were going well in, in John's life. But then a cross happened. An intersection uh, happened in his life. And uh, he has a question, as does everybody, when the cross shows up. The question in Matthew 11 takes us to this. Now, when John had heard in the prison... Uh, the works of the Christ, he sent his two of his disciples. Now, there, there's, uh, there's a lot to digest in that verse right there. Uh, obviously, he was in prison. That's, that's probably a, a, good, a good place to start where you got questions, right? I'm in prison. You do a lot of soul searching in prison from what I hear. I don't want to find that out, but I don't plan on finding that out, but John is in prison for just speaking truth, uh, what is right in, in the, the words of God. Uh, and so he's in prison, and what happens? He hears about the works of Christ. We don't know how long he's necessarily been in prison. He's probably doing soul searching there, but something happens he hears about the works of Christ, and then it triggers a response from him. Then he sends out two of his disciples and, and said unto them, uh, verse 3, uh, they came to Jesus and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? This is John's question right here. He's got a question, as we all have questions. When crosses come. Are you 
him or should we ask or should we look for another? That's that's a big question to ask, especially from John, uh, who who knew, who declared who Jesus was. Uh, and so he's at now he's got a loaded question asking, are you the one? Or do we look for another? Uh, and so uh, he, this question came up when he heard about the works of Christ. And then he says, I got a question to ask. And so what did Jesus answer in verse 4? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have uh, the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who so shall not be offended in me. And so Jesus tells his disciples to go back and just tell John what you see and hear. Uh, but you know that John already heard about those things because that's what provoked the question. He heard about the works of Christ. He heard about uh, the eyes uh, being opened and uh, the lame to walk, the lepers cleansed. He heard about all those things, but that triggered a question in him. Are you the one? And so we know that uh, Jesus was quoting Scripture many times. Um, and here when in his response to John, he is quoting uh, Isaiah 35. It says, Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense, and he will come and he will save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The, the lame man shall leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing, for in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in a desert. So you can see when Jesus' response to their question, what is Jesus quoting? He's, he's quoting here in Isaiah that uh, he says, yeah, the, tell him that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, dead are raised up. He, he's quoting all of these things. And so John obviously knows. Uh, he, he knows this passage too because he heard of these works. And then he had a question. Isaiah 35 is playing in his mind about hearing about the, de the blinded eyes are opened and the deaf ears are unstopped. He's checking them off. Hold up. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. And, uh, and so uh, these are all lining up with, with Scripture and, and, and prophecies of, of, of what Jesus is going to do. And so John hears about these things and he says, I got a question. Are you really the one? Or should we look for another? And, and so why, why is he asking that question if he knows that Jesus is fulfilling these, these verses, these prophecies? Uh, and so, but notice in Isaiah 35, the passage we read, it doesn't talk about uh, the poor having the gospel preached to them, but that is something that Jesus said, right? Go tell them that the poor have the gospel preached to them. And so uh, where is that then? Because that was not in that passage. We see that found in Isaiah 61. This is also a part that Jesus 
uh, quoted in the, in the temple when he went to the temple that day uh, and, and picked up the scriptures and he read. Uh, and he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. Preach the gospel to the poor. That's what he told his disciples, right? But did Jesus continue on? Or he, he just, he stopped right there. And he said, blessed are they who are not offended in me. But that's not the end of the verse. Yeah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. And I've preached the gospel. Go tell John that the poor have the gospel preached to them. He has also sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. I think that's where John's question was. Because Jesus... If you are really the one, you've, you, you've checked off of Isaiah 35. I know the blind are open and all these things. Uh, here in 61, I, uh, you quoted that when you went to the temple uh, and, and read that. And, and you told me that you've uh, preached the, the, the good tidings to the meek. But what about the rest of the verse, Jesus? Are you that guy? Because your word says that if it's really you, you're going to open the prison to them that are bound. And here I am. I'm in prison. I'm bound. And I want to know if it's really you. Because your word says you're going to open the prison doors. And so uh, many times I think a question that arises from our spirit and our soul when a cross hits us. Is God, we, we search the scriptures and we, we look for uh, some direction and some comfort and strength and, 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 and help from the scriptures. And we find his word because we know he's not, he can't go uh, against his word. His word is going to go forth and be fulfilled and, and, and not return void and prosper in the thing where the two it is sent. And so we go to the scriptures and for, for direction and an answer for our question. And, and many times, we may find the answer there, as John found the answer. Are you really the one that's going to open prison doors? Because I'm asking, and I'm in prison. But Jesus doesn't tell his disciples to say that, does he? He quotes everything else, but he doesn't quote that part of the verse. Then he says, blessed are they who are not offended in me. And so the, the, the cross is always marked with a question. And many times that question may be exactly in the Word of God, and we're, we're kind of asking God about this part of, the, part of the Scripture, God. What about this part? We know that the Bible says that He is a healer. That by his stripes we are healed. And we, we, we proclaim that, we pray that, and uh, we, 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 we stand upon that. But what happens if you are not healed? Then you got a question. Right? Just like John. I see in your word that you says you're going to open the prison. And I need out. I'm in prison. I need help. 
But Jesus says, blessed are they who are not offended to me. God doesn't always have to answer all of our questions. Many times he won't answer them, or uh, not now, but maybe he'll later, or maybe they're not going to be answered until we get on the other side. Uh, but it, but it, it, if he doesn't answer our question because of the cross that happens, are we going to get offended? Because he said, blessed are they who are not offended in me. And so uh, why haven't you fulfilled the rest of your word, Lord? Why is this happening to me and I'm praying and I'm proclaiming and I'm standing upon your word and uh, I've been faithful and I've been doing all these things but uh, I'm being afflicted with this situation and uh, uh, I've got a question, God, why? Your answer, I see see the prophecies, what you say you're going to do and open the prison or or you're going to heal the the blinded or open the blinded eyes and your your stripes, by your stripes we are healed and uh, the healing's already been paid for, but I'm sick, Lord. And I've been praying your word and I've been asking God why. Why is this happening to me and and why is all this going and and why, why haven't you... Mention the rest of the verse, Lord. Why do you uh, comfort me and, 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 and or be there for me, but why aren't you doing the part about healing? Or why aren't you doing the part about this or deliverance or this or this or, or whatever? We all have questions because uh, the cross on your road is always going to be marked with a question, at least one question. And, and so... Whether we get an answer or not, that's really not the question, but we're going to ask it anyways. We just have to keep on trusting in God that he's going he's gonna to find an answer one day. Somehow, some way, we're going we're gonna to see it all come, to, uh, come together at the end. And so it's on us not to get offended and quit and get mad at God because it's really not going to happen then. Uh, and so no matter how many questions we have or, or what we're dealing with or the cross that we are currently bearing right now and, and we're wondering about it, why are we going through that, we will have the question but we just have to continue to trust in God, that he hears our cry, he knows our question, he knows where we're at. We may be in the prison cell like John, but he knows our, uh, our situation, and, and he knows uh, that uh, we are hurting, but we got to make sure that we are still trusting in God through it all. And John never, never got out of prison. His head got out of prison, but he never got out. And so that question that he had about, are you really the one that's going to open the prison doors, that never got answered for him. Yet, he didn't quit church. He didn't backslide and say, I'm done. He held on and uh, held on to the end. Sometimes we're holding on in uncertainty at uncertain times, and times are shaky and unstable. We don't really know. It may feel like we're in the twilight zone, but God knows what's going on, and we have questions, a lot of questions, but we may not always get the answer, but we just got to trust that God's will is going to be done through it all, whether he answers my question or not, whether he fulfills that part of Scripture in my life or not. Uh, I can't get offended over that because his will is going to be done. I got to make sure I'm holding on to the end to see what God has in store. Musicians, if you would come. Again, it's not, it's not bad to ask a question because everyone has questions. Even Jesus 
even Jesus had a question. When his cross met his reality, even Jesus had a question. Matthew 27, 46, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? See, everybody has a question. Everybody, even Jesus had a question on the cross. Uh, and so it's on us to, to, to we ask that question, and uh, we may not always get an answer. We may never get an answer, but that, that should not determine if we're going to keep what, living for God or not. Well, our mind should be made up. I'm still going to serve God even if he doesn't fulfill that. Even if that answer never comes, I'm still going to be faithful. Even if God never heals me, I'm still going to show up. I'm still going to praise God. I'm still going to tell people he's a deliverer and he's a healer even when that hasn't happened to me because that part may happen to somebody else because it's in the word of God. It's in the scripture. And just because it's not happening to me doesn't mean God won't do it to somebody else. Because if it's in there, God is bound by his word. And so we all have a question. So why do I have to suffer when I'm on the right road? Why is this happening to me when I'm living right? Uh, when I'm in your will, God, why are these crosses showing up? And when I've been obedient to your word, why do I have to go through these things? Questions we all have when a cross shows up. Paul had this uh, situation, too, in, in 2 Corinthians 12. He tells us about it. He said, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. You see, God, God blew his mind so much, and, and God just poured so much into his mind. You can easily get uh, puffed up, get prideful, spiritually arrogant, and thinking about all that I know and all these things. And so he found out the answer to his question, and, and, and he says, Lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, messenger of Satan to buffet me, and lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times. I asked God, why, God? Why do I have to deal with this? Why is this, this thorn in my flesh? Why, is this, why isn't this thing going away? Why do I have to bear this cross? Why do I have to go through this trial, this tribulation, when uh, I feel like I don't deserve it? And uh, why do all these things? And, and the only answer that, God gave to Paul was, my grace is sufficient for thee. Sometimes God's answer is not what we're looking for. But if he does answer you, just you, you take on, you hold on to every word that God says because it's, it's there for you for a reason. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Uh, and so when we are weak and when we can't do it, we got to cry out to God. We ask God our answers and we find out that it's his strength that's going to get us through it. It's his, it's his hand we're reaching for. It's his will that needs to be done. Not my will, not my questions that need to be answered, God. But I'm just letting you know that I have some questions when the cross shows up. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, he began to, he began to understand the cross road that he was on. There's going to be lots of crosses. And the, 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 the quicker that we realize that and to come to grips with that, that there's going to be crosses in our life. Because we're living for God. And we have questions. They may not always get answered. But we're going to have to deal with whatever God puts in our life. And so he began to, uh, Paul says that he began to take pleasure in these crosses. Because that means he's on the right path. Nobody wants to deal with a cross. But if you're dealing with a cross, odds are you're on the right path. And so would you rather have a cross as a mile marker saying, hey, you're still on the right path? Or would you rather not have any crosses and not know which path you're on? You see, nobody wants to deal with the cross. And we have the questions. But they, uh, the crosses are there to remind us and to let us know that we're actually on the right path. And so we began to uh, take the mindset that Paul has that he begins to embrace these crosses. The next cross comes up. I, I rejoice in this. That means I, I'm still following God. I'm still on the right path. I, I still haven't strayed off from the straight and narrow. Why? Because another cross has come up. Another circumstance has come up that I, I don't feel like I deserve, but I, I, but I know I'm trusting in God, and I, I, I believe I'm on the right path. And, and just because a cross shows up doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It just means that you're on the right path. And every cross has a question. You stand with me today. And so what is, what, is, what is your question? We all have our own questions of what we're going on in our life. The crosses that we are bearing on this road. But we have to realize that they are there for our benefit. To get something out of us. Something in us needs to die. God wants to bring a, a new life into us, and so therefore something uh, needs to be crucified and, and died, and uh, he wants to take us to another level or, or a deeper level with him, and so therefore a sacrifice uh, needs to take place. And uh, if we want more fire to fall, we need more sacrifices to go up. We need more crosses to go up, more people to bear crosses and more people to say, God, uh, I don't know what your will is for me right now. It seems like things are going uh, astray, and I don't know what's going on. Everything's I can't explain anything. But I, but I know you know the way that I take. And I, while you may hear my question, you may not never ever answer it. But know that I, I'm still trusting in you through all of this. So what our nature does is when hard times come, what do we try to do? We, we we try to reject those things, right? We don't want that in my life. I don't need that in my life. I've got enough already. We try to. Uh, whether we, we, we realize it or not, we may be pushing us pushing a cross. I, I don't, I don't want to go on that cross. And so we pray against that or uh, rebuke it or, or, or whatever or whatever we do because we, we don't want that to come our way. We don't think that should come our way. We don't deserve that. 
But we see this happening in Matthew chapter 16. The Bible says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples that he must go unto Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. You see, Jesus was giving his disciples a heads up. Hey, guys, a cross is coming to me. A cross is coming my way. Why? Because I'm going the right path. I'm on the path God has ordained for me, and, and I'm not afraid of the cross. I, I'm just letting you guys know a cross is going to come to me. i got to go to Jerusalem, and I've got to suffer, and I'm going to be killed, but I'm going to raise uh, on the third day. And Peter took him. Hearing this bad news, Peter says, I'm gonna, I rebuke that. That's not going to happen to you, Jesus. Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be on you. I'm not going to let that happen to you. And so maybe we're a lot like Peter. We rebuke the things that come up in our life because that doesn't need to be in my life. I don't need to be dealing with that. But he, Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. And so Peter, you know, speaking for the devil, tried to rebuke the cross, say, Jesus, you're not going to suffer. And Jesus turned around and rebuked him and says, No, because the will of God is for me to suffer. I don't want you to stop the will of God. And so many times situations come in our life and, you know, we'll be praying against them and rebuking them things, but what if that is the will of God and we are rebuking the will of God in our life? We don't want to admit that a cross is waiting for us, but we have to understand that a cross is waiting for us. As much as we don't want to bear it, as much as we don't want to deal with it, uh, uh, many times we may speak out in our flesh and rebuke that thing. And, uh, uh, and, and, and as it turns out, Peter was rebuking the will of God. And Jesus turned around and rebuked him and says, you're not going to stop God's will from happening. Suffering is often misunderstood in Christianity. We'll quickly give the devil the credit. But what if it's God who put that in our way? What if that cross has God's fingerprints and he, he orchestrated that? He wants you on that. Why? Because he wants his will to be done. And crosses show up and we rebuke them in Jesus' name and, and get behind me, Satan, all these things. But what if the cross is actually what God wants for us? So suffering is often misunderstood and we mistakenly believe that uh, the apostles were always victorious over everything. But they were victorious through everything. They, 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 they had to go through it all. There's the difference between going over, having victory over something and having victory through something. You, if you, you can't get victory through it unless you go through it. You can't get victory over your cross unless you go through the cross. And so uh, our trials and our circumstances are proof that not that we're out of the will of God, but that we're in God's will. Because uh, sometimes that suffering comes and we don't understand, we don't think we deserve it, but 
God says, no, that's, that's part of my will for you. 1 Peter 4 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, some twilight, you entered into some twilight zone and you don't know what's going on, uh, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And so uh, we need to, uh, before we start uh, rebuking things in our life, we need to make sure we're checking and say, God, maybe this is your will. And if it's your will, God, I got to be okay with it. I can't get offended because you put a cross in my life. I can't get offended because you put this in my way. I can't get offended because I've been uh, given some kind of disease or sickness that uh, nobody has an answer to or can't get healed from or the doctors don't know what's going on. I can't get offended in that. Why? Because it may be your will that I go through this. And if it's your will, God, help me to go through it because I'm weak right now. I'm weak, Lord, and I, I need some strength. I need something to lean upon. I've got lots of questions, God, and I don't know if you're going to answer them all, but I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to worship you. And so whatever it is that you're going through, you may have a lot of questions for your cross, but that's okay. I'm here to tell you, that's okay. God's going to be there for you. He's going to get you through that. He's going to bring you to the other side. You may not get the answer, but God's going to be there with you and be faithful to you. Amen. I, I want to open up these altars. If you got something in your heart that you just want to ask God about, He's here today. You may be going through a hard time, but don't let that hardship keep you from the altar. Don't let that hard experience keep you from praising God, keep you from lifting up God. Why? Because He's still worthy through it all. Even though things have changed in my life, God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so i got to learn, even though that I have a question with my cross, God's will is going to be done in my life. That's what's most important, right? Let God's will be done. And it may be suffering. We live in a blessed society where we don't really have to face hardship and suffering too much. And so when it comes... We think, now ah, that's the enemy. It may not be the enemy. It may be you, uh, Peter and Jesus talking. And you're trying to rebuke that. And Jesus said, no, that's what I got to go. I got to go to Jerusalem. I got to face the suffering. And so we, uh, God may want us to suffer. And are we going to be okay with that? There's tons of times of blessing. We, we rejoice him with him on the mountaintop and things are going well. And yeah, we don't have really have much questions then, do we? It's when we get down in the valley. We start asking, God, I got another question. Another cross just showed up in my life. What's going on? Why me, Lord? Why me? I don't deserve it. But, that, but we know that, that everyone has questions, but they still remain faithful to him. Amen. And so if you, have, if you got something in your life that you need to lay down today, here's these altars. These altars are open. Why don't you come and, and let's cry out to the Lord. Maybe you have a question. Maybe, you, maybe God's going to give you an answer. Maybe he'll touch you today and, 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 and see that happen in your life. Maybe the, the word will be fulfilled and you'll come out of the prison today. We never know, but we got to keep on going forward. Come on, will you come and worship him? 
Will you come and seek him? Say, God, I trust in you. I believe in you. You're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on. He's got a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. It's okay to ask a question. Just don't quit. Just don't give up on him. God, give me the strength to get through. Help me to endure it, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, anyways. Hallelujah. I'm not going to suffer alone. I'm not going to be left alone. Whatever it is, God, I'm going to trust in you. I have, I have questions, but I'm still going to believe in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. Oh, let's magnify him today.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. We know that he's not going to leave us or forsake us. And no matter what we go through, even times we don't feel him, man, we got to trust in his word that he will always be there for us and he knows the way that we take. Amen. We're, we're not short of questions. Maybe, maybe we ask too many questions at times, but that's okay. Just don't let it eat away our faith and trust in him that he's going to make a way. Amen. We have our, we're going to pray for all of our kids here at the close of service here. As they go back to school this week, I, I feel, uh, I really feel for our kids. I mean, we thought school was hard and bad and when we went to school. Can't imagine nowadays what the kids have to deal with. But we're going to pray for a hedge of protection around our kids. God's going to be with them, every single one of them. Right? That angels go with them. Watch over them and their schools. Hallelujah. Parents, if you want to bring your children up, whether they go to school or they're homeschooled or they go to daycare, you can bring them up. If we have any teachers or anyone that works in schools, please come up as well. Kids, let's spread out. Let's kind of make like a line so that way adults can get behind you. Ellery, Everly, Scarlett, come on this way. Let's spread, it, spread out a little bit. Also, parents, your children were given a lapel pin. It says APT kit on it. You can like stick it on their backpack inside of it so it doesn't fall off just to kind of help remind them when they're at school that they are a child of God. All right, so we will, let's all gather around and let's pray for our kids. God's hand be upon them and uh, God anoint their, these pins and put them on their backpacks every time they go, God, to school. They're, they're covered in prayer. Our kids are going to be a, an example. They're going to be a light that shines God's glory in them and through them. Amen. That they can be a witness for God. Amen. Even in their just normal activities. Amen. Uh, teachers can tell a difference. 